Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. It's an honor for me to be able to spend some time with you today. The last time I preached in a Tyndale Chapel was about 11 years ago when I was involved in the work of the Canadian Bible Society. Uh, And George, I don't think you need to worry about your eschatology because I have this effect on crowds. When they hear I'm coming, they, uh, they disappear. Well, who here has gone on a sightseeing trip to an unfamiliar place, but you have gone with someone who had been there before? Anybody? Not like I can see you very well. (laughs) A few of you have. Well, whether it's a, a drive over to the Cheltenham Badlands, a place I would recommend you go, you probably don't know where that is because it's north of Highway 7. Uh, It's just half an hour from my house. Or if you're going halfway around the world, you always feel better about traveling when you're going with someone who has already been there. For example, when we went to Israel for the first time, I knew that we would be going to busy, crowded places and potentially even dangerous places, but I didn't give it a moment's worry because I knew that the person with whom we were traveling had been there many times before, and we trusted him completely. We had no difficulties, in fact, even traveling through those little underground tunnels where I kind of had to go side saddle, you know, to get through. Uh, I just followed, and everything was fine. So when we went for a second time earlier this year, Leading our own pilgrimage, we were able to travel with confidence. And this has been the experience of many people when traveling. Certainly, it was the experience of the first disciples in their journey with Jesus. He showed them by example that it was possible to bring healing and reconciliation and even to walk on water and still storms. Now he was talking to them on the next level taking them indeed to the next level by showing them that as the firstborn from the dead, resurrection was possible. I'm going to read a story that will be familiar to you. Listen as if for the first time to the story of the resurrection of Jesus, perhaps with a slightly different emphasis than you would get on Easter Sunday. This is from the Gospel of Mark in the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 8. I am reading from the New Living Translation. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Now, the reality is they couldn't have bought anything or traveled anywhere any sooner than that because it was the Sabbath. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel, remember, this is no Tinkerbell, right? This is a messenger of God. This is a man, but someone clearly who was awe-inspiring for them. This angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, 
This is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. Why does he say that? Because you remember Peter denied Jesus three times. He has to find ways to re-include him. Go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. That term going ahead is a term that refers to leading troops forward, advancing for the cause. Jesus said in uh, Mark 14, 28, when he predicted Peter's denial, that he would go ahead of them. You will see him there, literally see him, just as he told you before he died. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? Because there's a theological shift as well as a geographical shift going on here, right? We have, uh, Jesus says, I'll meet you in Galilee. And this isn't just about a change of geography. This is a change in theology. This is a step toward the inclusion of the Gentiles. Verse 8, the women fled from the tomb trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Now, angels often told people not to be afraid, but I don't know about you, I'm not sure if I encountered an angel in the way that they did that it would really do any good to say, hey, don't be afraid. However, happily, this fear couldn't have lasted very long or the story would never have been told, right? Now, Mark's account of the resurrection is the shortest, most to the point, like much of his gospel, because, of course, Mark's favorite word is immediately. Things happen quickly in the gospel of Mark. But what makes this account particularly plausible is that women show up as the unlikely key players in the story. Prior to the Passion, there were few signs that Jesus had women followers. The early church would be unlikely to make up a story of this sort if it were not true. Because for the Jews of the time, of course, women were not even considered credible witnesses. Question, who here has been to Bankhead, Alberta? Besides my wife. Okay, we got one. (laughs) Has anybody even heard of Bankhead, Alberta? Uh, This is an interesting little place. At one time when we were visiting friends in Calgary, they took us on the obligatory but singularly pleasurable trip through the Alberta Rockies. And just northeast of Banff, they took us to this off-the-beaten-track kind of place that had a clearing that looked to be about the size of a football field. And in it, there were these remnants of what would have been a community. In fact, there was even an old part of a mine shaft and some old narrow-gauge ore cars and this kind of thing. And at the edge of a forest, there was a cenotaph, a cenotaph that marked the memorial to the citizens of Bankhead, Alberta, who had fought in World War I. We would never have seen this most interesting historical place, an abandoned town whose buildings were all moved by the government when the government decided that the town was no longer viable, turns out, because the mine ran out of coal, and it was mining coal for the CPR. We would never have gotten there if our friends hadn't been there before. And so just like uh, sightseeing with a trusted friend can bring us to see 
some things that we might never see on our own, so knowing that Jesus has gone ahead of us can bring us to places we might never have considered. For example, Jesus had gone ahead of us by rising from the dead, being the firstborn from the dead, enabling us to experience resurrection too. Now, you know that, right? We would have no hope of resurrection had Jesus not risen from the dead. Because Jesus lives, we also will live. Because he has risen from the dead, we will rise from the dead to eternal life. Jesus died to set us free from sin, to pay a debt that we could never hope to repay, and he has risen from the dead to bring us eternal life. Jesus is going ahead of us. Jesus has gone ahead of us, as he said in John 14, verse 2, to prepare a place for us in heaven. Because Jesus has gone ahead of us when we receive eternal life by faith, we will arrive in heaven and be expected. Our names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And Jesus has gone ahead of us as one who took on human flesh as we have, enabling us to endure whatever life situation comes our way. Because Jesus is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present, he went ahead of us to prepare us for the greatest joy that we will ever experience. And he went ahead of us to soften the blow on the very worst things we will ever experience. And he will prepare the way for whatever we face today, tomorrow, and into eternity. Consider what it means that Jesus has gone ahead of us. If you are a note taker, I know this is school, right? But if you're a note taker, now would be the time to do that. Jesus has power over death. That's the first point about why it's important that Jesus has gone ahead of us, because he has power over death. No other God can claim that. There are faiths that promise nothing, others that promise virgins, others that promise continual reincarnation, but no other faith than that of Jesus promises victory over death. What did Paul say to the Corinthians? Thanks be to God who gives us the what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. By faith in him, we can experience life with him in eternity. Secondly, he knows what we need. Because Jesus has lived a full human life, experienced a real human death, and conquered the grave, we know that he is the Lord who knows what we truly need and can meet those needs. And third, because Jesus has gone ahead of us, we will be with him forever. Forever is a long time. The joy of the Christian life is that eternal life belongs to all who confess Jesus as Savior and live for him as Lord. But understand, there is a lot we don't know about heaven. Some people have wondered uh, whether they will be married to their spouse. Others will wonder if they'll be able to look down and see their loved ones meandering about whatever their loved ones are doing. But these things are based on sentimentality, not on Scripture. We know little about heaven from the Bible, but this much we do know. Jesus is there, and that's all that matters. Is that you this morning? 
Have you said yes to Jesus in a real and meaningful way? And are you confident that you will spend eternity with him? We we may not feel the need to say yes to Jesus if we don't think we've done anything wrong, if we don't have anything we need to be saved from. But each of us sins in ways big and noticeable and in ways small and overlooked. We need a Savior to make our lives right with God, and we need a Lord whose example can enable us to walk the journey of this life with renewed integrity so we can make the world a place God longs for it to be. Are you ready to say yes to Jesus? There are a number of ways that we can respond to the promise that Jesus is going ahead of us. One is that we can walk away from Jesus. We can steer clear, forget faith. We can walk toward Jesus Make little steps that help us see a bit more about what this whole faith thing is about. Or we can walk with Jesus, going hand in hand with him every step of the way, knowing that because he has gone ahead of us, we can walk confidently with him. I love how King David explains this idea in Psalm 139. Verse 5 says, you go before me, and follow me. I remember when I read that text and something dawned on me for the first time, the idea that God is going ahead of us and behind us. Because think about this. I think this idea may have come from Spurgeon, but I'm not sure. When all the animals were paraded up into the ark and Noah and his family were there, who closed the door? You go before me and follow me. Verses 7 to 10. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. We can't hide from God. So we might as well walk with him in love and faith and trust. It is what he wants us to do. Okay, how are we going to respond to this? If you're going to walk with Jesus, here's a few steps you might consider taking that are practical ways of putting the word of God into action today. One thing you could do is you can be grateful that Jesus knows every need you have. Some of us know this innately, but it's always nice to have a reminder Think about it. Jesus knows what you need. Now ask yourself this, are you giving him the chance to meet it? You could also say, because Jesus is alive, that you will not fear death. You know, I think more people fear the process of dying more than they fear death itself. But Jesus is alive. The best way you can respond is not to fear what he has already gone through for you. Don't fear because Jesus is alive. Or perhaps you try this. You could do something this week to help another person because Jesus is alive in you. James wrote in his letter that faith without works is dead. And if we really believe Jesus is alive and alive in us, then we need to respond to that life with our own actions and attitudes. So think about this. What could you do this week that would make a difference in another person's life 
that you could do because Jesus' resurrection has made a difference in your life. Or it's possible, it's a stretch perhaps, but it's possible that you're here today and have found that God's lit a fire in you that you've never had before. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit who has drawn you toward faith in Jesus Christ, possibly for the first time. Maybe somebody else has been Lord of your life. Have you ever thought that you could be your own Savior? Let Jesus be your Savior and your Lord because He has gone ahead of you. He has prepared a place for all who trust Him. He enriches life for all who follow Him. If you want to follow Him today and have a personal relationship with Him, talk to me afterwards. I'll be glad to follow up with you. But you're probably sitting there thinking, Loach, this is a seminary. This is a university college that's in a Christian higher institute of learning. The people here are Christians, but we don't know, we don't know whether some might be drifting or struggling, but today is a day to return to walking in his way because Jesus has gone ahead of you. I'll just close with this. When the leader of the Soviet Union, Leonid Brezhnev, died, his widow carried out a silent protest. Of course, he was lying in state, and uh, there were all kinds of people who were coming to pay their last respects. And just as the soldiers were ready to close the lid on his casket, Mrs. Brezhnev made a very interesting silent protest, a sign of great courage and hope, one of the most profound acts of civil disobedience ever committed. She reached down and made the sign of the cross on his chest. There in what was the citadel of the secular atheistic power, the wife of the man who had run it all sincerely hoped that he was wrong. She believed that there was another life, that that life was based on Jesus who died on the cross and that same Jesus might yet have mercy on her husband. Mrs. Brezhnev knew that Jesus had gone ahead of her husband and he has gone ahead of you. How will you respond to that today? Let's pray. Oh God of second chances, you have shown your grace most fully in the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, and we worship you today. We ask that you will pour out your grace yet again upon us, equipping us to be the servants of Christ in the world that you long for us to be, and preparing us for life beyond this life. Give faith to the faithless and build up the faith of the faithful. Use our gifts to strengthen your church and this institution of higher Christian learning for ministry and outreach in this place and throughout the world that all may know that Jesus has gone ahead of us. Amen.